Let me just eliminate all of the white noise for They're you. They're counting on you not understanding what this is all about. They want to create conflict. They want to create this chaos. They want you to be stupid. This is the Conservative Daily Podcast with Joe Waldman. Yeah, I'm a threat because I'm telling you what the Constitution says. And Max McGuire. The flak is the heaviest when the bomber is right above the target about to open the bomb bay doors. And now the Conservative Daily Podcast is on the air. Welcome back to another edition of the Conservative Daily Podcast. My name is Max McGuire. And my name is Joe Oltman. So we had a busy day yesterday, Joe. We, we talked about Ray Epps in the morning. Yeah. We, that morning was a floater episode because the Supreme Court was set to release their opinions yesterday morning. So we planned a show, but we also said, hey, if it comes down, we're going to have to talk about the vaccine mandate change. If it does, they didn't release it at 9 a.m. like they were, they were supposed to. They released it midday. And we had already planned for uh, for Tina Peters to be on the evening show. So we didn't get to have a response show. And the amazing part is we thought that was going to be his biggest defeat, Biden's biggest defeat yesterday, the OSHA vaccine mandate falling at the Supreme Court. But then he got smacked down again by Congress because his own party, Kirsten Cinema, Joe Manchin, refusing to change the rules to usher in H.R. 1, change the country's election laws, left and, Biden and egg on its face for the second time. Max, that has a lot to do with um, that. That has a lot to do with the the faxing to Congress and the things that we've been doing. I mean, we spend we yeah. send tens of thousands of faxes every single day to every single person in Congress. And you would say, "Well, that that can't have a big effect. It's a fax." Well, no, no, no. Let me show you how I tell you how it works. It goes into their system, then it goes into their email, and then they go to pick up their email, and it goes bloop, and then another one goes bloop. And, the goes, and they have to print it out. And they have, and they have to, to print, print it out. out. They have yeah. to legally print it out. So the, the, the things that you guys do works. It works. Every day, it works. It really does. And so these two changes are two of the, these two defeats for Joe Biden are two of the things that we pushed so hard for over the past year. Um, stopping HR1, which, listen, they're going to come out with a compromise. Mark my words, they're going to try and come out with a compromise, something that can get Manchin and Cinema on board so that they can restore some of their clout with the far left. They're going to come out with a compromise. It's going to be just as bad. Every compromise that they've put forward so far is just as bad as HR1. But for now, they are stalled. But by, for now, they have zero momentum. And yesterday was Joe Biden's worst day ever, without a doubt. He's held the office for one year. In the, in the last week of the first year, his worst day ever, without a doubt. You know, he, um, I'm actually kind of glad that, that he's in that place right now. I'm glad. A dark spiral? I, I, I would, I mean, and, and to me, it doesn't make much of a difference, you know, what we're really talking about. The, the, the opportunity that we have right now and here, here's why this is important. Here's why they want to do this right now. They have a massive protest scheduled for Monday. Massive. Massive protest scheduled for Monday. Sorry, they're in here trying to move lights around and do a bunch of things in front of me. It's a little bit distracting, but they're working now on it. Now you look blue. I, I look blue. blue before. Now I look tanner. Now you look blue. Um, yeah, so they have that big protest planned. I'm not sure how they're going to do that now. I imagine they're probably going to have some kind of protest planned in West Virginia and Arizona. 
But for now, this is dead. We'll keep watching. We'll keep fighting. Keep pushing back against the compromises. But for now, it is dead. And we'll get to that part in the second half of the show. But I want to start with this OSHA ruling. Because, Joe, for the longest time on the podcast, we've been focusing on the constitutional elements, uh, uh, the unconstitutional elements of Joe Biden's vaccine mandate. Basic concept that the federal government does not have the power to force you to inject something into your body because that's nowhere in the Constitution, right? If anything, the First Amendment and the Fourth Amendment pr- protect you from that. Um, the Supreme Court yesterday, though, uh, yes, they, they talked a little bit about the constitutional implications, but they focused more on the legal side of it, of what Congress has allowed OSHA to do and what Congress has allowed HHS to do, which is how they arrived at this split the baby kind of position of overturning the OSHA mandate and keeping health and human services mandate on healthcare facilities in place because they were looking at the legal part of it. What do you think of that? Because it, it seems like it's just, it, it should just be a very cut and dry constitutional issue. Does the government have the power to force you to inject something in your body? No, that's not explicitly outlined in the constitution. But, but they, didn't really, they didn't really address it, address it like that. They didn't address it like that. That, that's not how they. That, that, the that's ruling. how HHS was upheld. That's how HHS was upheld because because healthcare facilities, hospitals, because they take federal funding, right. Congress has passed a law that allows uh, HHS to set different regulations to prevent the spread of infectious diseases. That is why HHS that mandate was upheld. They they shot down OSHA because Congress has given OSHA, which is an unconstitutional body as it is, the power to regulate occupational hazards. But COVID-19 is not just an occupational hazard, right? It's, it's not just a risk that that's posed when you're at work. It exists everywhere. So that's kind of, that's the language that they used. What do you think about the fact that they, it wasn't just a cut and dry constitutional issue? Well, the, I think that that just shows you that the, the Supreme Court is negotiating with what the government states. I believe that the Supreme Court literally has conversations with people inside of, you know, the White House and other areas and it's, 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 another political, it's another political appointment. It's another political place to be. It has nothing to do with protecting the American people. Yeah, yeah. So why don't, why don't we read a little bit of this, um, a little bit of this ruling. This is my favorite part of it. If we, if we can uh, put up my screen, Mr. Producer. Actually, I think I have to reset it. Oh, you got it? Okay, good. Uh, it's, it's working, okay. It says, the Solicitor General does not dispute Solicitor General does not dispute that OSHA is limited to regulating work-related dangers. She instead argues that the risk of contracting COVID-19 qualifies as such a danger. We cannot agree. Although COVID-19 is a risk that occurs in many workplaces, it is not an occupational hazard in most. COVID-19 can and does spread at home, in schools, during sporting events, and everywhere else that people gather. This kind of universal risk is no different from the day-to-day dangers that all face from crime, air pollution, and any number of communicable diseases. Permitting OSHA to regulate the hazards of daily life simply because most Americans have jobs and face those same risks while on the clock would significantly expand OSHA's regulatory authority without clear congressional authorization. So that kind of sums it up. You, you, you can, and Joe, you own a gun store and range. You understand OSHA. If you send someone into the range to clean all the lead out and you don't give them a respirator and you don't give them PPE, OSHA is going to be up your ass. And and even if the company, that's the job that they do. If they go on to the range without a respirator and without proper PPE, right? I'm liable. 
Yeah. <laughs> Even though the company was hired to do it. Hazard. Yeah. It's an occupational hazard. Now, if we lived in a world where our atmosphere had a significant percentage of lead particles, then you that wouldn't be an occupational hazard because lead would be in the air everywhere, right? But it's because in a gun range, there is a specific risk of lead exposure, obviously, because bullets are made of lead, that OSHA is able to, by statute, implement those regulations. It's just so obvious. I mean, the, un unless o they can prove that, that coronavirus only exists in businesses or primarily exists in businesses, Supreme Court is absolutely right. This is unconstitutional. I want to show you a bit of the dissent because this shows you just how it tells you what we're dealing with. And there's a pretty significant logical gap in the dissent's uh, writing. Let me just zoom in just so people can read it. This is from Justice Breyer, Sotomayor, and Kagan. It says, every day COVID-19 poses grave dangers to the citizens of this country, and particularly to its workers. The disease has by now killed almost 1 million Americans and hospitalized almost 4 million. It spreads by person-to-person -person contact in confined indoor spaces, so causes harm in nearly all workplace environments. And in these environments, more than any others, individuals have little control and therefore little capacity to mitigate risk. COVID-19, in short, is a menace in work settings. The proof is all around us. Since the disease's onset, most Americans have seen their workplaces transformed. So the interesting part of this is- It has nothing to do with law. No, the rationale from Breyer, Sotomayor, and Kagan is that employees, individuals, cannot advocate for themselves, cannot protect themselves. So therefore, the government has the right to force them to inject something into their body. And it still doesn't follow the law. Doesn't yeah, make I mean, sense. Again, it's a slippery slope of feeling like I have to be daddy, that people are stupid and don't know how to take care of themselves. And, and by the way, the, the whole initiative with this ideological uh, training that's happening in our school system is to turn those kids into stupid people. Turn them into stupid people. Yeah. You know, uh, I'll use this as an example, but, um, and maybe it's a bad example, but the, the Palestinians used to be one of the most educated group of people that were out there. They were highly educated. And when there was displacement and everything happened, they decided to take a stand and, and set up these colonies, you know, the West Bank and, and the Gaza Strip. The education level in that area dropped precipitously. I mean, literally, it, it like fell off a, a cliff. As a result, civil unrest came, and they had to get back to that place where education became important to the people in that environment. But that took almost five decades. Yeah. So the, yeah, so no, the, it, there, it did. So, so there's a... There's a massive push in our country to make kids more dumb. They're saying that math is racist, that history is irrelevant, that science doesn't matter. That, and the more you actually see what they're doing, the more, the more you see what they're doing in the country, the more evident it becomes that they're weaponizing the environment against us so that they can weaken the constitution of the people in it. So th this is just another example. But what's interesting about this is, Max, did you see the thing I sent over to you from the um, from the UK. I saw it, didn't have a chance to read it. Okay, so it's a report that came out. And if I could just give you just a, a, a basic overview of it. It's a report that says that they're now admitting that we the vaccines have damaged the natural immune system of those who have been double vaccinated. The UK government is admitting that once you have been double vaccinated, you will never again be able to acquire full natural immunity to COVID variants. Now, listen to that. What, what does that mean, Max? What will they have to continue to do? 
boost, boost, boost. You'll have to continue to, to put stuff into your body. Um, it, or possibly any other virus. So let's, let's watch the real pandemic begin out of all of this. In the Week 42 COVID-19 uh, vaccine surveillance report, the UK Department of Health admits on page 23 that N antibody levels appear to be lower in people who become infected after two doses of vaccination. The lower... So let me tell you what this mimics so everyone understands what this means. It mimics, mimics this thing called the AIDS virus because the AIDS virus actually lowers your antibody count. And what did Dr. Fauci, what was he a part of back in um, the 1980s, Max? The AIDS response. Well, I, yeah, he was part of the AIDS response. I mean, he did a terrible job. I mean, that's pretty obvious. The gay community hated him. The drug community, if there is a druggy community, like the two communities primarily affected by the AIDS epidemic, they hated him. Um, no, he's done a terrible job. I mean, it makes sense that he happened to be involved with that because he's that's his kind of his job to deal with emerging viruses. But he did a terrible job on both, right? Everything he touches, he fails at. And he seems untouchable and he can't even get any kind of <laughs> any kind of uh, punishments on him when he makes a mistake. Yeah, no, but yeah, it, it, it's, it eerily is reminiscent to the government's response to AIDS, bungled and, uh, and overbearing. And I just got a text from somebody that says the DARPA papers actually say that as well, and the people who get the shots test positive for HIV. Well, so it depends on what kind of test, right? Because when you look at like the PCR test, mm -hmm. when, you're, when you're really getting down deep and you're trying to find a little piece of a virus, when you run too many cycles... That's something we've been talking about for a while. When you take a test and you run cycle after cycle after cycle, you're looking for a piece of a virus. When you get so down into that like kind of nitty gritty, looking at the very small level, viruses start to look the same, right? Which is why, which is why, uh, <laughs> when you have the flu, you can test positive for COVID. When you have the common cold, you can test positive for COVID. If you have AIDS, you can test positive for COVID because they're looking for viruses that, at the molecular, at the actual structural level, aren't that dissimilar. I mean, like. You look at our DNA as humans, you compare it to a banana. Like, I forget the statistics. It's like over 90% of, of the actual genetic material is the same. Obviously, that last bit of percent is what makes all the difference, right? But when you boil it down, and you really get hyper-focused looking for pieces of a virus. Yeah, you can, you can find the wrong virus. You can identify the wrong virus. Yeah, so, so, so then we... So then we, and that may be true, but what are the long-term effects? And now that we're injecting this stuff into children and people are running out and putting this stuff in their kids. I mean, I look at this, Max, and I just, I'm afraid because, you know, and, and again, I don't know, I, I'm not a scientist. I like to read a lot, but I'm not a scientist. Actually, there's no but, I'm not a scientist. I like to read a lot, so I read a lot of things. And in those things that I read, I try to figure out what it is we're actually looking at and, and what, what the future holds. Like, what's three years look like? What's five years look like? And there's a report that already came out that said that, uh, by an insurance company, that says that death in the range of 18 to 40 or 18 to 50 um, is up 40% in 2021. 40%. Yeah, and, they're not the most, and they're not the most affected by the COVID-19 virus. Right, which means they're dying of other things. Now, we know that we're, we're facing a huge pandemic of, of suicides. Huge. Overdoses. Overdoses. So what does that tell you about what's happening in our country? Yeah. I mean, there's other things, too. I mean, 
if you get double vaccinated, if you get quadruple vaccinated, whatever the number is, right, and you have, and you have a, a stroke while you're driving a car, right, that causes a car crash. That doesn't get listed as a vaccine caused death. No, that get that gets listed as you stroked out and you had a car crash. So there's probably a lot of other deaths that don't even don't even come like up in conversation that are attributable to this. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I want to I want to talk about one more bit of this before we leave the actual ruling. This is from the dissent. And it just again, it shows you how out of touch Briar Kagan and Sotomayor are. If we put back up my screen. This is their main question. It's the underlying underlying everything else in this dispute is a single simple question. They write, quote, who decides how much protection and of what kind American workers need from COVID-19? An agency with expertise in workplace health and safety acting as Congress and the president authorized or a court lacking any knowledge of how to safeguard workplaces and insulated from responsibility for any damage it causes? I find this very interesting because the answer should be the individual themselves. Right. So they're, they're creating this false dichotomy <laughs> of it's 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 either OSHA or the court that decides what businesses and employees inject into their bodies. And they're leaving out of the conversation individual liberties, Joe, <laughs> like anyone. Right. Just the average person being able to decide what goes into their body. I also find it very interesting that Sotomayor has signed on to this, claiming that courts are not in a good place to to d have knowledge about this pandemic when she's the one up there who proclaimed now infamously that 100,000 kids are on ventilators as if it was just fact. Right. I, I find I find it very funny that when she's over there spewing that misinformation, she's now here saying that courts don't know enough. But, but I Max, doubt she would have said that if she was on the winning side. You, you doubt she would have said this? No, I, I think if she was on the winning side, if this wasn't a dissent, if she was writing the opinion upholding right. OSHA, she'd say the courts know best, right? Because that's right. what she led with. Though I, there's 100,000 kids on ventilators. Not true. Not even close to true. Now, she only went to this whole thing of, oh, the court shouldn't be allowed to decide because she lost. She lost. Her side lost. We got to take down my screen, Mr. Producer. So I'm getting information while we're sitting here on the thing about the DARPA um, uh, papers that show that the natural immunity is permanently compromised and they knew it when they went into the vaccine. So this is from yeah. DARPA. DARPA does some crazy stuff if you it's, don't it's know. From, it's from that release from Project Veritas, correct? Right. So if you look yeah. at it to, to say that the it's, it's permanently damaged, so does that mean that the people that already have the vaccine now want everybody to have the vaccine because they want everybody to be permanently damaged? Is this really a, uh -huh. a push or a strategy to eliminate you know, 20, 30, 40% of the population across the globe? I mean, these are questions we yeah. have to really ask. And by the way, if, if a virus or a bacteria or some sort of infection like smallpox or something else gets into uh, someone that is immune compromised and it starts to spread through immune compromised, does that smallpox or something like smallpox then mutate at a faster rate because of there's nothing well, stopping most likely, it? Well, it most likely it would kill the host too fast. Like, God forbid smallpox ever leaks from a lab because it only exists in labs right now. God forbid it ever leaks. But if it was to leak and it had to kill one person, I hate saying this, but you, you would at least theoretically want that person to be immunocompromised so it would not have time to spread, right? I mean, th that's the whole thing. COVID-19 
is so transmissible because it doesn't kill the host. That's why Ebola is so difficult to spread. Ebola in a small area, right? When you when someone dies and everyone goes to the funeral and they start kissing the dead body, that's when Ebola spreads, right? In the household, in the small tight-knit community, in the churches at the funerals. Ebola is not good at spreading long distances because it kills people too fast. It just does, right? right? So in an immune in an immunocompromised person, a very, very deadly virus, it, it, it called a silver lining, whatever you would, probably wouldn't be able to spread super fast because it would uh, it would become lethal too quickly, right? But I mean, these are the questions. It, it's and and all these the the whole issue should be up to us. Like when you read what the Supreme Court just the dissent here that oh should Congress decide what goes in your body or should the courts? Neither. It's your decision as a free person to decide what you inject into your body. The Fourth Amendment is clear. You have the right to be secure in your person. Founders never envisioned that there'd be a, a pharmaceutical industrial complex trying to inject you every three months with untested products, right? That was never even on their agenda. So they said, oh, you have the right to be secure in your person. And the courts have said you can't get your blood drawn without your consent. Some exceptions, but mostly you can't get your blood drawn. It only stands to reason that you can't have something put into your blood. Okay, so, so here's another thing. Why is it that some people who have get, gotten the vaccine can give their blood and others can't? And that you actually are disqualified from giving that. blood. Yeah, so is, if you actually go to the American oh. Red Cross, if you go to the American Red Cross, uh, Max, look at this while I'm talking. If you go to the American yeah. Red Cross, it'll, it actually has a piece right in the middle that says, you know, contact us about, you know, what vaccine you have to be, you have to know what vaccine you took, what, what, uh, you have to give them all that information to see if you qualify for giving blood. It says it right on American Red Cross. Why, why? Why would there be some people that doesn't qualify? And if that's the case, do they know something that they're not telling the people that got the vaccine? Do they know something about the, that vaccine in the blood that would make it a, that even if you had O positive, O positive, that yeah. the body of the, um, uh, the donor, bo or the, excuse me, the donor would, would, uh, uh, kill, hurt, or, um, well, I'm looking at now. I'm looking at now, and the reason they give for AstraZeneca, J and J, Moderna, Novavax, Pfizer, there's no deferral time. Right. The, the the concern they have is any donor. It can't be in the United States, but I guess they could have been vaccinated outside of the United States, who received a live attenuated COVID-19 vaccine. Okay. They had to wait two weeks until they give blood. The concern being that if they got a live attenuated uh, COVID-19 vaccine, then there is an albeit very weakened version. A live COVID-19 virus in their bloodstream, which probably puts them in the same category as a COVID-positive patient. Can't donate blood because you're sick, right? That seems to be the concern. But listen, I don't even trust the American Red Cross because up until very recently, the American Cross didn't let gay people donate blood. Right? <laughs> and that was, a, that was an, that was an actual thing. thing. Because, yeah, because of the AIDS epidemic. That it was presumed that gay people had a higher likelihood of having the AIDS or HIV virus and, and therefore, they didn't want to have to test everyone, test every bl every blood sample for AIDS. Um, so they just had a blanket ban. Same reason if you lived in Europe at a certain time, you lived in UK at a certain time, I believe, I forget the actual range, you can't donate blood ever because there was a mad cow disease like outbreak, right? So th they're very questionable about things. And, and they've certainly allowed politics to inject itself into their decision on who gets to donate blood. But that is interesting about the live attenuated COVID-19 vaccines. Joe, I, I want to play this. We do have a, a clip of Donald Trump re reacting to the OSHA mandate coming down. Miss Brewster, why don't we play this real quickly? It's, it's cup number one. 
right. That's a joke. He's, he's, he's celebrating on stage, but we, we do have the real statement if we put up image two. His real statement, though he probably was also dancing. He says the Supreme Court has spoken, confirming what we all knew. Biden's disastrous mandates are unconstitutional. Biden promised to shut down the virus, not the economy, but he has failed miserably on both. And mandates would have further destroyed the economy. We are proud of the Supreme Court for not backing down. No mandates. So so that my fear is that in all this chaos that we're facing right now, that the next steps will be how they can say, okay, we, we had to, we had to, the Build Back Better, um, which is really just the raping of the American people, that didn't work. The mandates for um, workplaces, that didn't work. And now we're getting down to HR1, which I think is really um, a telling, it's telling. And so we're, we're, we're sitting in this place where Monday, which is just a few days away, we're going to start seeing this unraveling happen in the Democrat Party, and these people go back to the streets and doing things to disrupt the lives of American people. Yeah. So, so no, it's, it's going to get weird. Well, I don't know if it can get much and weirder than the last eighteen months, but I think it's it, going to get it's going to get violent. It's get going to get weirder. violent because that's what the radical left does. It can get a little weirder because if we put up image five, OSHA is still telling businesses to force their employees to be vaccinated. This is the statement that OSHA put out yesterday. They said, disappointed, yada, yada, yada. Second to last paragraph, we urge all employers to require workers to get vaccinated or tested weekly to most effectively fight this deadly virus in the workplace. If we take this down off the You can't do that. Mr. Producer, you cannot do that. No, the Supreme Court this, this, just this, said it's not legal. And then they basically say, screw the court and say you have to, the workplaces, that is- Well, the, they didn't say have to, but they said, wink, wink. We urge you. You we're, can't we're the, do it. We're the government body that can You're, shut you down for anything. We urge you to listen to us. You cannot do that. You are not allowed to do it. The, they just said that it's not constitutional. You can't do it. This is the this, by the way, is fascism. When corporate interests and governments collide in order to force people to do things, that is called fascism. Well, think about it from the left's perspective. What do we always hear from them? Anytime a, an employer exerts undue influence over an employee, right? Says, like, we've heard, like, the Harvey Weinstein stuff. It's disgusting, right? But they've, the left has concluded that when you are in a relationship where there is a disproportionate power balance, right, where someone is over you and exerts so much power over your life, it's impossible for you to consent to anything because saying no could destroy your life, right? That's the Harvey Weinstein bit. Hey, I'm, I'm interviewing for, I'm auditioning for a movie. I really want the movie. Oh, you want the movie? Do you want to sleep with me? Well, if you say no, you're not getting the, not getting the role. That's the insinuation, right? The left says if you are in a, a relationship where one party has so much power over you, they can destroy you. It's impossible for you to consent to anything they do. And yet here, OSHA has that power over businesses. OSHA could walk in to any business and say, oh yeah, oh, well, wow, that's, that's too dangerous. You could observe employees not doing the right thing, shut it down. So they, they can't actually say that this is all voluntary. And Joe, the Supreme Court has already ruled on this. If we put up image six, there was an old case called Skinner versus Railway Labor Executives Association, image number six. And this whole issue was that the government wanted to force private railway companies to issue drug tests to their 
employees. Something you say is very reasonable. If you're going to have trains on the public rails, maybe make sure people aren't high on drugs when they're driving those trains. They didn't mandate it. Instead, what they did is they removed every possible impediment for a company to, to issue one of these mandates and then strongly encouraged the company to require that all employees do drug testing. So if we put that back up, this was one of the findings from the Supreme Court case, from the, from the decision. It says, quote, the fact that the government has not compelled a private party to perform a search, the search of, of looking for drugs, by itself, does not by itself establish that the search is a private one. Here, specific features of the regulations combine to convince us that the government did more than adopt a passive position towards the underlying private conduct. That's an important concept because the Supreme Court just said the federal government cannot force, cannot force businesses to require that their employees be vaccinated. That statement I just put up on the screen of OSHA urging them to do it anyway. Joe, do you think that meets the definition of a passive position towards whether or not businesses vaccinate their employees? No. Of course not. Of course no, not. Not at all. They're telling them to do it. They're telling them to do it. If we put up image seven, last bit from this Supreme Court case, um, this is another, another part of the ruling. In light of these provisions, we are unwilling to accept petitioner's submission that tests conducted by private railroads in reliance on subpart D will be primarily the result of private initiative. The government has removed all legal barriers to the testing authorized by subpart D and indeed has made plain not only its strong preference for testing, but also its desire to share the fruits of such intrusions. In addition, it has mandated that the railroads not bargain away the authority to perform tests granted by subpart D. These are clear indices of the government's encouragement, endorsement, and participation and suffice to implicate the Fourth Amendment. If the government encourages, endorses, and participates in a private entity violating your constitutional rights, that private ent entity becomes, for lack of a better word, a state actor. They're acting at the behest of government. So you cannot launder an unconstitutional executive order by just wink, wink, nudge, nudge, encouraging businesses to do it anyway. But they've been doing it this entire time. They've been yeah, doing, they've been, doing they've been using this corporatism. Tech. For the last couple of years, they've been they've been doing it. They've stolen the First Amendment. Now they're trying to take away your ability to to you know own your own body. What's next? What's yeah. next? Nothing is off limits. Second to these Amendment. pieces of trash. Forgot the Second Amendment part, um, where they encourage encourage banks to get a little stricter with gun stores. They're doing it with all of them. All of your rights. This is this is the part that should scare every American. And, you know, yesterday I was asked the question by this guy. He goes, well, when do you think, you know, that there's people that believe that we're headed towards a civil war? When do you think we'll be headed towards a civil war? And I said, well, I, I, don't, I, don't, actually, I don't actually know who we'd be shooting at other than the politicians. <laughs> that guy I put up on the screen yesterday. <laughs> but, but, but my point is, is that you can't just root it out. You can't just say, I'm going to go shoot this person, this person. My civil war starts there. The only people that we can actually identify in all of this that are traitors to the people and have done everything to hurt the people in their communities are the leaders. I mean, think about it. Well, it's not a civil war. It's a war of oppression. It's the people in the United States versus the people that oppress them at every level. It's the traitors to the American people that have made our lives difficult. Look, 
I, w- I want to be Captain Obvious to all of you. Captain Obvious. Here we go. I'm going to wear a cape. Captain Obvious. Here we go. Ready? You go to work every day. You do the same thing every day. You, you get involved. You want to create opportunity. You want to do your job. That's the life of 95% of Americans, right? So how does the economy and how does everything change so rapidly in just one year? I can tell you how it changes. Government leaders turn dials in order to make your life miserable. So I will tell you who the enemy is to the people. It's our own government that is oppressing and hurting us as people. They are doing it on purpose, and they were standing up on the top as, as in some sort of gladiatorial contest, and they're looking at us going, ha-ha, look what we did to them. And you'd say, come on, Joe. I had a conversation with a friend last night. He goes, I just can't believe that they could be that evil. That's why it happens to us. It's because they push buttons, turn dials, and say, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to turn and do this over here, and I'm going to cause 10,000 people to lose their job. Do you think it affects anybody in government? Do you think they even care? Do you think and Polis or any of these guys that are worth a half a billion dollars, do you think they wake up one day and say, oh, I really care about the American people? No. They're like, how can I screw with the American people and find opportunity and chaos so that I can make more money, so I can have more power? And you say, that's a sinister way to look at it. It's like the guy last night that interviewed me or yesterday that interviewed me. Do you know what he said? He literally said this to me. He goes, why can't you just respect the, the constitution of government? Or excuse me, the institution of government. And Canadian I said... told you that? I said, wait, what? Wh- Hold on a second. You want me to respect the institution of government while they're corrupt and stealing from the American people? It's backwards. Government is supposed to respect the, the people. Did you see how what you see what he said? The institution yeah. of education. Respect what part of the institution of education? My kid literally came home and said, "Listen to this, Dad. They're replaying a Zoom from the previous year from a professor, which, by the way, was put on leave because she was a piece of trash, by a professor that's on oxygen and can barely actually talk, and that's how he's teaching a class. I'm paying eighteen thousand dollars a quarter." For that? Are you kidding me? There is no respecting education because there's no respect for the people trying to get an education. They want to indoctrinate and put social justice out there as the number one thing. Social justice now is in everything, including math. Why? Because they don't respect you because they think you're a piece of trash. You're an inconvenience to them. I find it interesting that that the, that the people that are in the media are trying to figure out, they are literally trying to figure out, why is it that we just won't walk back down and accept the fact we don't have rights? Why? Because we're free people. But people, our enemy is our own government. It's the people in government. And the only way to, to solve this problem is not, there's no civil war. There is no war of the people. I don't care what my neighbor does. Max, do you care what your neighbor does? As long as he's not breaking down your fence and hurting your kids or doing anything like me. that. Oh, it affects me. 
only if it affects me. But I mean, like if 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 they start doing weird stuff. All right, if they're doing romper room in their for. bedroom, but that's with, what that's with, what HOAs are ultimately for, right? Okay, but, which but is just another doing, form of government. Do, do you care what they do inside their bedroom? No. Do you, do you care if they're doing shot? Do you care if they take take drugs and sit in their house and and rot away and die? I, I mean, frankly, no. I think it's a consequence of bad behavior. You chose that; it killed you. I'm sorry. And guys, you could say that. Oh, Joe, that's kind of me. No, it's not. We have a journey. We have a path as people. We don't care about our neighbors. Our neighbors are not our enemies. Our enemies are the people that have been that have been literally weaponized against the people. They're the Antifa, BLM. Those are our enemies. They are the enemies to the people in this country. They are the ones trying to destroy everything. We just went to work, did our job, tried to create opportunity for our families and other people around us, and tried to create relationships with those people in our workplace. But the government came out and tried to ruin that too. That's what we face right now. We face a massive, a massive amount of interference and frankly, evil, evil, evil doings against the people who literally just want to get on with their life and do really well and have life, liberty, pursuit of happiness. Those are our enemies. The intelligence community that sends in FBI to, to convince weak-minded people to go kidnap someone or break down a barrier, those are our enemy. The people that literally try to manipulate the media and, and suppress your free thought, those are the enemies. They're our enemies. Yeah. yeah. I'll tell you who isn't an enemy. Sponsor of the show, Air Med Care Network. Friend of the show, Air Med Care Network. They exist to make sure that you don't go bankrupt should anyone in your household ever suffer a medical emergency and need to be airlifted to a hospital. Anyone who's ever gone to a hospital by ambulance, you know it's very expensive and your insurance doesn't like to cover it. A lot of times they won't cover it. Well, it only gets more expensive by helicopter. With Air Med Care Network, it starts at just $85 for one year. It becomes less per year if you buy three or five years at a time. And when you become an Air Med Care Network member, you do not have to pay one cent for an air medical transportation flight should anyone in your household have to go to the hospital by helicopter. And as a bonus, when you sign up using the link in our description, airmedcarenetwork.com forward slash daily, and then use promo code daily, they're going to give you up to $50 back in the form of either a free gift, Visa gift card or Amazon gift card. It's free money. So again, go to airmedcarenetwork.com forward slash daily and use promo code daily to get up to $50 back. Joe, did you see any of the other bits yesterday? I mean, we, we've talked a little bit about HR1. HR1's dead. Kirsten Cinema blocked it. Joe Manchin blocked it. Did you see Joe Biden after that, when he got that news? Did you see how angry he was? He was angry and confused, dazed and confused. Mr. Bruce, let's, let's play a little bit of this. Uh, cut 12. Don't ask questions about complicated subjects like, can you get this done? I hope we can get this done. The honest to God answer is, I don't know whether we can get this done. Is this mic on? I guess. Anyway. And uh, and oh, I'm not sure either. But anyway, I hope we can get this done. But I'm not sure. But one thing for certain, one thing for certain, like every other major civil rights bill that came along, if we missed the first time, we could come back and try it a second time. We missed this time. We missed this time. 
And the state legislative bodies continue to change the law, not as to who can vote, but who gets to count the vote. Count the vote. Count the vote. It's about election subversion, not just whether or not people get to vote. Who counts the vote? That's what this is about. That's what makes this so different than anything else we've ever Lying done. piece of shit. I don't know that we can get it done, but I know one thing. As long as I have a breath in me, as long as I'm in the White House, as long oh, as God I'm engaged at all, I'm going to be fighting to change the way these legislatures have moving. Thank you. So he's, he's talking lying. About, he's talking about Dominion. He's talking about electronic voting systems. Who gets to count the votes? We like should be the able to count level. the vote. The people should be able to count the vote. I, I don't know. I don't know how much clearer it could be for the American people, Democrat, Republican, Independent. I don't really care if you're Green Party, if you're Purple Dinosaur with web feet. I could care less. What I can tell you is that what he's basically saying is that you don't matter. Pay attention to the words, people. Pay attention to it. It's real easy to see. Not difficult. He's telling you. He's saying the quiet part out loud. We don't want you to be able to count the vote. We don't want you to be able to look in under the hood. We don't want you to be able to have honest, fair elections. That's what this is about. No honest, fair elections. We get to tell you who won. We get to select, not elect. And, and, and he said something at the very end. I am going to do everything to change how we operate as a legislative body. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he, he says we missed this time. No, that, that's... <laughs> the bill didn't fail. What what failed was their ability to change the rules to ram it through. That's what failed, right? The bill always didn't have enough votes to pass, never had 60 votes, and never had 51 votes. They failed. What, <laughs> what he's saying is we're just going to keep coming back and keep doing it, which is why it's so important to get out and vote during the primaries, get out and vote during the general election, and make sure that they don't have a slim majority or, God forbid, an expanded majority where they could push this through because ultimately it, it failed by two votes yesterday, two votes. If they get two more Democrat senators, it passes. And this is forced on the entire country. So elections matter. So we need to make sure we're fighting like hell every single step of the way. Did you see Kamala it, yesterday? The reason why this all happened is because they stole elections in Georgia yeah, yeah. for the senators. Yeah. 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 No, we wouldn't be in this position if there was two Republican senators for Georgia. That's for sure. Did you see Kamala yesterday? Kamala had a big interview, a big yeah. interview on NBC. And I was going to play all the clips, but I like Tucker Carlson's analysis of it. So he puts the clips side by side. Kamala Harris said a bunch of nonsense and also wouldn't commit to being on the 2024 ticket. She would not commit that in 2024 it would be the Biden-Harris ticket. What a way to end a disastrous day. Mr. Producer, let's play cut 16. Well, Kamala Harris took a brief break from her extensive duties as borders are, which seemed to consist of putting Haitians on airplanes for Florida, to sit down for an interview on the NBC program today. Now, Kamala Harris is incredibly impressive. Obviously, she's a genius by virtue of her first status, whatever that is. And yet, the interview didn't go well even with a completely sympathetic host who's most of the time a foot soldier for the Democratic Party. 
At one point, Harris was asked why the White House's COVID strategy wasn't saving more people from dying. Here was her response. At what point does the administration say, you know what, this strategy isn't working. We're going to change strategies. Six former administration officials last week wrote that open letter urging the administration to change course, to change strategy. Is it time? It is time for us to do what we have been doing, and that time is every day. Every day it is time for us to agree that there are things and tools that are available to us to slow this thing down. <laughs> this is really like a Zen cone. I'm going to repeat it. It is time for us to do what we've been doing, and that time is every day. It's really kind of the sound of one hand clapping. The interviewer then asked Harris <laughs> about the prospect that maybe she's so lame and incompetent that she might be replaced by Liz Cheney, who's, of course, also lame and incompetent on the Democratic Party's ticket in 2024. Here's what she said. Are we going to, uh, to see the same Democratic ticket in 2024? I'm sorry. We are thinking about today. I mean, honestly, the, I, I, I know why you're asking the question, because this is the part of the punditry and the, right. the gossip around places like Washington, D.C. Let me just tell you something. We're focused on the things in front of us. We're focused on what we need to do to, to address issues like affordable child care, what we need to do to ensure So there, there have been that, no conversations that, about 2024? The American people sent us here to do a job. And right now there's a lot of work to be done. And that's my focus. It sounds Sincerely. like you're at least familiar with some of the punditry. I don't know if you've heard that there've been some, there's been some talk about a, a, a Biden-Cheney ticket perhaps in 2024. Did you read that article? I did not. I'm, I, no, I did not. And I really could care less about the high-class gossip on these issues. <laughs> she can care less. She says angrily. Before we get to our guest, one of <laughs> will not, she will not commit to being the vice presidential candidate in 2024, and yet she then calls it gossip. Well, no, what she should have said is, is the standard statement of Joe Biden and I are a team, and we are going to keep pushing all the way through Election Day. That would diffuse the whole thing. But she can't say that because it's not true. So she has to set us down this path of just having to try and cover up the obvious problems in the White House. And that's what happens, Joe, when, when they are surrounded by failure. They have not had a single major accomplishment. The vaccine mandate was their big one. It's gone. It's done. Dunzo. So it is not all that surprising that they are now fighting among th amongst themselves. You know, it... it it is it's constant misdirection. You know, first she said it was misogynist, racist that have kept her from uh, having positive poll numbers. That happens in the media. So it's constant deflection. It's constantly telling everyone else's fault. And by the way, this is the this is what the radical this is what evil does. Evil tells you one thing while they're over here doing something totally different. Look, I mean, I hope there are Democrats that are actually watching this right now or listening to this. That, are, that can pay attention to common sense. You could set aside your, I'm a Democrat, I'm a Democrat, I care about abortion rights. Set all that stuff aside for a minute. Which, by the way, the, the thing that typically separated the Democrats and Republicans has typically been social issues. The biggest of which is abortion rights. Free to choose or right to life. That's it. If you look at the fact that they want people to, to balance their checkbooks or... That's typically been it. 
You know, there are some radical Democrats that come out and say, hey, shouldn't you be able to just do drugs? I mean, look at what they did overseas in, in Amsterdam. They, they have free functioning ability to go to Amsterdam and just do drugs on the street, sitting in, in pubs. doesn't matter. Anywhere you want to do drugs, however you want to do drugs, whatever drugs you want to do, they're available to you. And here we are in our society looking at Democrat-controlled environments and what's happening in those areas, Max. It's hard to ignore. Well, what's happening? What, what is happening in those places? No, it's, it's debauchery. Is it better? It's, no, not at all. People, if it's not better, I'll go back to what President Trump said when he ran for office in 2016. You know what he said? What do you have to lose? What, what do you have to lose? That's, that's a real thing. What do you have to lose? What, what is it that you have to lose by stepping out against the radical left? And I would say this to the senators as well that are Democrats. Because, by the way, we only hear about three or four Democrat senators. The rest of them are just ebits. The rest of them just walk around, just do whatever the party tells them to do. All right, you have to vote on this, and you have to vote this way. Oh, okay. All right. We'll do that. They don't stand up for you. And I just want to position you to, to listen to reason. When we talk about the vaccines, and they say, well, the vaccine hesitant, which is 40, 50% of our population, it still is 40 to 50%. It's not like people are lining up to go get vaccines. They're setting vaccine stations outside of supermarkets and stuff like that. That's people getting their third and fourth and fifth shot. That's not the same people like me that are saying, I'm not going to go get a vaccine. There's a large part of the population that are not going to get the vaccine. There are a large part of the population that recognize this is a dangerous precedent. It's dangerous. It's like a ru Russian roulette. And we don't even know what's in the vial. Yeah. You could have 25 vials that have the vaccine in it and 25 that have saline, and they're just tracking it based on the numbers on the bottles. I'm not telling you that's what's happened, but we don't know if it's natural selection or if it's their selection. All right, we're going to put this over here. You got saline and you got the, you got the uh, active virus. We don't know. We don't know. We are just told to blindly trust the institution of government. I have never seen the government do anything that's good for us, and I've never seen Democrats do anything that's good for society. I just haven't. And let's, let's not talk about the civil rights movement. Let's not talk about that because I, I got to tell you, it was the radical left that killed Martin Luther King. It wasn't conservatives. It was a radical element within our government. It was FBI agents. It was people that conspired to kill Kennedy. You, you know, you can say what you want, say, Joe, it's not true. Read the Warren Report, all 2,600 pages. Read it. I've read it. It's hard to ignore. The way that they explain that one person took three shots, it's, it's, it's impossible to do what they did. It's not just implausible, it's impossible. It's impossible. And yet, that's the story that they sold to the American people. The government institution has done nothing but wreak havoc on the American people, and Democrats have done the same in everything they've touched. Everything. And, and, and if I'm wrong, go ahead. Anybody, any Democrat out there, any Democrat out there, any Democrat out there that's a leader, that's listening to it, because I know you listen to me, debate me. Debate me. I grew up in the hellhole of, of the radical left. Debate me. Show me, what, show me what the radical left Democrats have done for anything but themselves while making victims of the people they say that they are there to protect. 
And you can bring it down to the police departments in those areas. You can talk about the mayors. You can talk about the city councils. You can talk about the school systems and the teachers. Max, your wife was a teacher in the radical left environment. Yeah. And she laid down the law on these kids to help them. Say, listen, I'm going to punish you. I'm going to teach you. Sit down in your chair. What did the principal do? It was not good. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was the whole thing was not good. They went after her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She stepped into that environment to help these kids. I remember it. I remember the kids saying and doing things to, to your wife. And then when she punished them or put them in place or would call the parents, the, the principal came in and said, just let them do whatever they want. Did that happen? No, it was, it was, it was complete. It was crazy. I mean, we, we could do probably a whole hour on everything that happened to my wife. And it, look at this way. It was not what she thought it was going to be. And she got no support. And she ended up being just little more than a babysitter. She was, she was, she was held responsible for their grades, but she wasn't able to force them to do any work. Wasn't able to punish them. It, it was just a complete mess. Complete mess. But she literally became, she became the problem. She became the yep. problem. And these kids <clears throat> would throw stuff and say F you and everything else. And she would reprimand them and say, all right, go to the principal's office. The principal's like, just let them do what they want. That's a Democrat controlled environment in the school system. That's treating these kids like they're animals, like they don't have any sort of sensibility. That's not holding them accountable. That's not giving them consequences. That's what you get when, you, when you're a Democrat. You get that. You get Justin Smollett, who has to make up racism because he can't find it anywhere. He couldn't even walk around the streets and say, can I, can I get a racist in the house? Oh, no. Hey, hey, you Afrikaans, come over here. Hey, can you guys pour bleach on me and treat me badly? <laughs> right? And then he went to trial and he lied. He was caught red-handed. Now, what does that tell you about what happened in our elections? What does it tell you, Max? It's, it's all connected. It's all connected. It's all connected. Guys, listen to me. They're going to double down until the, they're dying breath. That's what liars do. They double down. Double down, try to wear you down. And here's the reality. We have to recognize that liars are going to continue to lie. They're going to try and lie their way out of it. That's what liars do. That's what Democrats do. Excuse me, radical leftists do. There are a lot of good Democrats. A lot. But I need you to wake yeah. up. Yeah. Listen, there's a large majority of Democrats, frankly, that the aha moment's going to happen when people start dropping like flies over the next three to five years, and they're like, these pieces of trash made me put that vaccine in my, in my body. They're, they're going to start dropping yeah. like flies. And then, you know what? It's going to be a paradigm shift. Yeah. No, it's, uh, it's, it's incredible. You, you think about all these, these different stories, all these different issues, and you think that they're all not connected but everything's interconnected everything is and there's no fight that isn't connected to another fight they're all part of the same battle 
which is why we wage these multi-front wars against leftism. You can't afford to take even a, a second, a day off on any of the issues, which is why we, we on the facts blast, we rotate issues, right? And yeah. even if an issue isn't like top of the news, if we see that they're do, there's some rumblings and they're trying to move it, it a little bit, right? We, we push on it to make sure that they don't get any ground. All right, listen, listen everything's to this. connected. Sabrina just said, I was just at Safeway, no milk, no fruit, barely any veggies, frozen area, skint, won't have a country in 2024. What did we put up yesterday? Guys, listen, they are trying to push us into a place of panic. Yeah. You didn't do this. You did not do this. We are both the problem and we are the solution. When I tell you that we did, you didn't do this, you went to work and did your job. You expected the supply chain to remain. And the only thing that changed from, from 2020 to 2021 was who was in the White House and who was in charge. They've stolen your country. And guys, I, I am sounding the bell right now. I'm telling you right now. If you go back and look at what happened in Venezuela, you go back and look at what happened in Mongolia, you go back and look at some of the other countries that Dominion Voting Systems is in, i.e. Sequoia, i.e. Smartmatic and the relationships they have to share code and share opportunity, if you go back to the person that runs Dominion Voting Systems, that guy who has Satan's favorite artist on his arm, the screaming Pope, who wrote about literally is a skinhead who wrote about demoralizing his then wife, who they're not married now. Why? Why are they not married? I wonder why. He peed on her, made her bark like a dog, and acted like that just made him feel like more like a man. That's the guy that's responsible for 50% of the votes of the American people. And I tried telling that to the, to the guy last night. I'm ringing the bell, and I'm telling you right now that if you go back and look at Venezuela, just look at the history. One of the wealthiest countries in the world. It was third on the list in wealth, prosperity. Where is it now? They did the same thing in Venezuela. Everything is connected to these evil people. And now it's in our country. And we have proven there's election fraud. And then you got the President of the United States who came out and told us before the election in November of 2020, he said, listen, they're going to try and steal the election. They are, there's massive amounts of theft that happened in the election. And here we are in the middle of it with them saying nothing to see here. Fauci literally got on, on, on the deal and lied. The FBI agent, third or fourth in charge, stood on the, on the plateau and said, I can't answer that when asked simple questions of whether the FBI was involved in violence at the Capitol. I can't answer that question. Why? Why did Fauci tell Rand Paul that he's obviously miss, missing something? I'll tell you why. Why did he lie? Because that's all they do is lie. The radical left are liars. They're liars. But what we're facing today, now with the shortages on the, on the shelves, I, man, I, I just wish people would get past the 15-second TikTok video. Just do a little bit of research. We are in trouble right now as a country because of us. We have to get in the gap. And I don't know why people on the radical left can't see it. Probably, more often than not, the reason why they can't see it is because of fear that you can't unsee it. 
that if you actually open your eyes and admit that that's happening, your entire life changes. Much like the woman that was in my car who I drove down to a host home who hated me and wanted to jump out the window. We, we're in trouble. The food shortage is just the beginning. And they showed us a little bit of it back in 2020. Shortage of toilet paper. I don't know what, if they were eating it or what the deal was there. Now we have a shortage of, of food. Yeah. All over. <clears throat> All over. And Joe, did you know that the cost for feeding Afghan refugees on military bases has now risen to $688 million? You go to a supermarket, you can't find food, but we're paying all that much. Listen, you help as many people as you can, right? But that, the fact that we're still on. sending foreign aid, we're you, still sending foreign aid, we can't even buy beef. You put your mask on before assisting others. Yep. As Americans, are we it's putting life, our mask on first? Ethics. Are we putting, Are we putting our mask on first before helping others? Are we? No. I mean, this is, this is a real question. Are we doing the things that are necessary collectively to help others before we help ourselves? And by the way, are we as Americans making that decision? I would venture to say that we're not. I had the guy last night who was the, and I recorded the, the meeting, the, the uh, journalist. Uh, he came to an FEC United meeting, left before I got a chance to speak. But I, um, I asked him last night, he goes, well, I go, because he was talking about Hong Kong, covering Hong Kong. The fact that he was in North Korea, and he goes, well, the North Koreans have less, are less free than the Chinese, and we're more free than the Chinese, so it's like a scale. Well, at least we have this. Yeah. We are free beings. We're human beings. We are not slaves, and they're treating us like slaves, stupid slaves. And then they're using propaganda and stupid people that are like cattle, to try and intimidate, bully, and say, just stand, stay in line, stay in line, stay in line. And as people wake up, you wake up to the realization that when you don't have food, what happens next? I'll tell you what happens yeah, next, civil desperate. unrest. So I'm telling you right now to get in the gap now. We have to make decisions right now. And when Antifa goes in the streets and they try to you know, break windows and everything else, it's, it is our obligation to stand up and tell them that they need to go home. Or face the consequences. And if the police don't do anything about it and they're like, oh, we're just going to stand here and we're told to stand down. If you're a police officer, I'm telling you right now, you need to get with everyone in your police deal and say our job is to uphold the law. How close are we to an entire police department dissolving because they don't want to be there? Uh, you think they get to throw soup cans on us and tell us we're bad people? Well, they basically shoot us while we're out just trying to do our jobs? All that you'll have left is bad cops that'll beat on good people and let bad people do whatever they want to good people. That is where we're headed. And if you think that that's not a possibility in this country, Venezuela was the third richest, wealthiest country in the world. The world. It was right behind the United States. And where is Venezuela now? And what changed? They knew the election got stolen too. They fought against it because they knew that wasn't the will of the American people. Is that am I am I telling the truth, Max? Yeah. They no, went no, to the streets. The nationalizing, nationalizing was what, was what killed Venezuela. Because shocker, the government doesn't do a better job at running industries than the private sector. 
they still have the largest, I think it's the largest, one of the largest um, oil, like amount of oil underneath their, their country, oil reserves, whatever you want to call it. Um, They, they have the ability to be profitable, but government does not allow it, right? Government does not allow the innovation necessary to make it profitable. I mean, look at how expensive gasoline and oil is. There's no reason for the people of Venezuela to be eating rats. There's no reason. That'd be like that'd be like the people of Saudi Arabia. I mean, look at Saudi Arabia. It's it's a it's a direct comparison, right? Saudi Arabia has been able to have some government obviously oversight. They control a lot of it, but they've allowed foreign country, companies to come in and develop their oil infrastructure. Venezuela seized it all. And as a result, much like Iraq, much like I, much like Iraq, much like Afghanistan, with natural resources that literally are in the tens and hundreds of trillions of dollars. These countries should be the wealthiest. Their, their dollar, the dinar, right now, based on reserves in Iraq, should be worth a thousand times what it's worth right now. Not a hundred times, not ten times. If it, if it had stability. If it had stability. If the country, if had, the country stability? had stability? Yeah. The country, yeah. If the country had stability, it would be worth a lot more. The, the country largely has stability. Iraq yeah, largely has stability. It's one, it's one televised insult away from a civil war. <laughs> We're one televised incident away from civil war. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's no difference. And that should show you that there are people in positions of power and authority right now. Guys, pay attention to this. The people in position of power and authority right now, right now, that are suppressing economies and killing people and raising economies, and they're making decisions for us. And if you don't think that that's the case, then... And if you can't see the, the large picture on the wall, they stole the election on January 5th for senators because they needed that as well as the, to steal the, the White House. They needed it. So they could put this plan in place. This is not coincidence. These are liars. These are pieces of trash. Liars. They are liars. And much like what happened in Nazi Germany in the 1940s, it takes very brave, courageous people to stand up and stop this Nazi fascist regime from taking over our country and killing every bit of hope and opportunity that we have as a nation. They want to punish the United States because we stopped it in Germany. We stopped it. When we got in that war, that is the only reason that the Nazis were defeated. The only. And remember what happened in Germany. Read your history books, people. Read your history books. They tried to call everyone else the fascists when the Nazis were coming to power. And then what happened when they got to power? They were exactly what they said they were fighting against. What are we dealing with right now? There is no difference. There's no difference. We are not facing something right now that is anything different than what you faced in the 1940s in Nazi Germany. Who is the Hitler of today? Who is the Hitler? It's Hitler by committee. That's, that's nah. one thing they've changed. There is a Hitler. They just took the Hitler out of the Hitler. They made it so you can't see the head of the snake. There is a head of the snake, people. There is. There is absolutely the head of the snake. And if you've read any war books, if you've read any psychological warfare books at all, you will see divide people, and I'll go back to George Floyd, divide people based on something that's controversial. Divide people based upon what you can see that doesn't match up with what is reality. Hide information from them. Make them come up with a judgment call based on that snapshot in time. 
And what do you think they did with George Floyd? Max, what did I say about the video when I first saw it? You and I did not agree. No. I was, I then, was then in I, the... I opened your eyes. I opened your eyes. No, no, no. I had sometimes, to see more. Sometimes I had you need more. educating. But, but I, 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 I would agree with that. <laughs> but in this case, what, what did I say? We, we had it. I was pretty upset at you. Because like you don't understand what I've seen. This is normal for the inner city. I said that, right? I didn't know that he was a, a three-time felon, that he'd in and out of prison, that he, that he, and, and maybe that doesn't matter in that instance. I also didn't know that he had four times the legal limit of fentanyl in his system. I didn't know that there was going to be a coroner that said, even though he had four times the legal limit that is, that is lethal in his system, he still died because he put a knee on his neck. And then I didn't know that he didn't even put a knee on his neck. He put a knee on his back. And then I didn't know that even all of those facts didn't matter to the radical left. They were still going to prop him up all over the country and say George Floyd and give him a gold casket and $30 million and throw this stuff at him and then make them the poster child for racism. This is the reality of what we face. This, this is what happened. And people like me, who, who people like me that have experienced things like I have, not who are like me, felt sympathy for that and then never got past the 15-second TikTok video. And this is how you have stupid, ignorant people in our nation. This is how. And nobody wanted him to die. But then it was so controversial because when all those facts came out and the people that actually read, they're like, get out of here. Racism? And there have been people that says that Republicans don't believe that racism exists. That's not true. We know racism exists. But it's the same people that say that they're over there trying to fight for equality. Oh, I'm sorry, they changed that word. Equality no longer matters, now it's equity, which is a socialist communist term. If you can't see what's happening in our nation, I can't help you. And I feel like I'm constantly talking to a group that says, Joe, I agree with you. Biden said that he's gonna do everything he can to his dying breath in order to fundamentally change our country. Federalization of elections will do that. It will change our country. It will make us the poorest nation in the world. We will fall quicker than a rock falls out of a tree. Yeah, it's true. Well, we are out of time. Out of time. We can, we can go on for this forever, Yeah. right? But we will have a show this evening. I have a feeling we're gonna be talking about a lot of these th same themes. Joe, do you want to do the outro? You want me to do it? You you enjoy the outro. Well, I mean, I can read it. If you I want. do. I'll, or just say it. So, if you like our podcast, subscribe to us at Rumble. <laughs> I, I like it when you read it. Sit uh, back, put my feet up. Hey, so on Monday, I will actually tonight. I'll probably open with. Um, we're going to go back and forth um, with the intro as well and outro. So uh, follow Conservative Daily on Telegram at Conservative Daily. You can also follow, follow Max McGuire at Max J. McGuire. And you can follow me at Joe Oltman. We're also on Getter. Go follow us over there. We really like that. We're going to go start going live on Getter here in the next week or so. Um, if you uh, want to hear us live, you can get us at conservative-daily.com, Rumble, DLive, Twitch, Frank Speech, and CloudHub. You can also find us in the audio version in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, Podbean, iHeartRadio, Pandora, and Audible. If you missed some of the episodes, I'm going to tell you that we had an uploading issue on Tuesday and Thursday of last week, and so there are probably uh, six or seven of the audio versions that you probably missed. Go back and actually download those. There's some really good information that came out of it um, that week as well. 
Uh, please subscribe and give us a five-star review. Uh, share this episode with someone that needs to hear it. Today's episode was especially um, important because it talked about just the mindset of the radical left and really what's happening in, in our community. If you need a reminder, when we go live, text the word freedom to 89517. I know that that was missed today. I guess they had a problem in the system getting it out. Um, use the links in our description as well to subscribe to our newsletter so you can get our fax blast and you don't miss any of the important updates and projects that we'll be doing and going on right now. That is all for this episode of Conservative Daily. My name is Joe Oltman. Still Max McGuire. And um, until tonight at 5 o'clock Mountain Standard Time, 7 o'clock Eastern Standard Time, have a great day. God bless you, and we'll see you on the other side. <laughs>